It's amazing to see what the Lord has done. Looking at those before pictures, being over there yesterday, realizing how much has changed and how much the Lord has done. It's wonderful to see what's happened really in less than a year. Um, This Sunday, as Pastor Brian mentioned, it's a little bit different Sunday. I'm getting a little bit of a high-pitched ringing. I don't know if you can bring that down, guys, a little bit. Um, This Sunday is a different Sunday. If you're a guest and you're a visitor here with us this Sunday, you've come on a very special Sunday in the life of Mount Hope. There are certain times in the life of a church that are important to mark and important to mark a moment of what the Lord has done and what the Lord is doing. And this Sunday is one of those Sundays. There's turning points in the life of a church uh, and in the life of a ministry where it would be wrong if you did not take time to mark and say, this is what the Lord has done, and to pray and to commit to the Lord where we're going from here. And this is one of those Sundays in the life of Mount Hope. And many times, you know, during the life of... um, the church, or we might have time to share testimonies and share stories, and we always look at what God has done through that and what we can learn and praise God through that and what we can apply to our lives. Today is kind of a chance to share a testimony of what the Lord has done and for us to take and draw some lessons from that, a testimony in the life of our church. And Pastor Brian and I want to have a chance to kind of do that together, to share some of the story and to look at what God Uh, wants to teach us through that. I was saying to Pastor Brian this morning, you know, one of the strangest things for me in all of this um, will be, you know, we're one church, we're two locations, we're all of that, we're going to be together, we're going to see each other during the week and at staff meetings, but after today, um, you know, we're not going to be in Sunday service together anymore, and that's like 10 years that that hasn't happened. And so it's an important kind of moment in the life of, of this church and the life of ministry for, because many of you who have been attending for a long time, you've seen us both up here at one time or another or sometimes together, and, uh, and the Lord's doing and leading in, in a different way. Even though we're one church, two locations, there's obviously going to be some changes there. So we want to take a moment to share some of that story. Uh, as, as we were thinking about this story, what came back to us is this phrase that, what got us here will get us there. And what we can learn from what God has done to bring us to this point, we can take forward to what God will do to take us from this point to where he wants us to go. And so we want to share a little bit of that story with you this morning. It really starts, and we're not going to go through every detail, so don't worry about that. You're not going to be here till like 1230. Uh, But it really starts with a little seed of a vision. And, you know, I want you to hear this because in your life, there are times when you and I will have things that we feel God wants us to do. And we often think, well, these big things that God wants to do, whether it's starting a campus in a church or in your personal life, we think they start in big ways, but they often don't. They often start with the seed of a vision. They often start with God talking to one person in one moment, planting a seed, and that seed growing into a vision from that point. And that's really how this began. And I'm going to ask Pastor Brian to kind of share a little bit about uh, how that started. Yeah. Thinking back, uh, we actually, the first thing Pastor Rick and I did together uh, was in August of 2003, I was a seminary student and Pastor Rick had just finished seminary. And we taught the 8 a.m. 
Sunday school class in September. It started in September of 2003. We used to have people that were so spiritual that they would get up and come to Sunday school at 8 in the morning. And some of you are still here. The Frasers were in that class, and Edgar Bartlett was in that class. And so that was the first thing we did was 2003. So it's been quite a run. But in 2011, and I don't know that I can point to exactly what it was, Pastor Rick and I started the conversation and we said, what if God would call us to plant a church or plant a campus? Would we be willing to do it? And we said at the time, you know, I, for me and for Lori, we said, yeah, I think we would. And if God called us to do it, we would be willing to do it. And so at that time, back in 2011, if you know, are familiar with Grace Chapel in Lexington, they were just in the middle of starting to plant a campus on in Wilmington. So as you're driving on 93, you see the big Grace Chapel sign there. That's their campus in Wilmington. So the leadership at Grace was gracious enough to sit down with us, and we just sat down with them for half a day and said, tell us why, what you're doing and why you're doing it. Because we felt like down the road, God might ask us to do something similar. And they gave us a whole pile of documents and everything that they were doing, all the logistical work, why they were doing it. And then we sat down with uh, Pastor Tim Schmidt up in Linfield at Calvary Christian Church. You see that maybe as you're driving on 95 Route 128, right near Route 1. And he, they have planted multiple churches over the last few years. And so we sat down with Pastor Tim and we said, Pastor Tim, would you share with us why you plant churches and what that means and why you do it and how you do it? And he was gracious enough to do that as well. And we went to a few seminars uh, that the Assemblies of God held on planting churches. And that was 2011. And then for a while... Uh, we didn't really think about it, to be honest. Yeah, there was, and this is what often happens with a vision too, right? Sometimes God plants the seed of a vision and it doesn't happen instantly and immediately. We'd like it to happen that way often, but it doesn't always. And in fact, I would say it doesn't usually happen that way. You know, Pastor Brian and I had been talking and, and you know, not only was this idea of should Mount Hope plant a church or a campus there, but there was something in Pastor Brian and Lori that, uh, you know, they were gifted and called, and we both felt, you know, God, you have this gift of preaching that God has given you, and somehow that needs to be used in the life of the body in a greater way, though we don't know how. This gift of leading, somehow that needs to be used in the life of the body in even a greater way than being a senior associate, but we weren't sure how. And what I appreciate about Pastor Brian and Lori is they were content to wait on the Lord and see what would happen and what God would do because they said, we are called to be here. We don't know what that means with all of this coming together, but we're called to be here. And so we'll stay and we'll wait and we'll see what God does and where God leads. And for two years from 2011 to 2013, we were working on the Family Life Center and everything that went into that. And we kind of just left this piece. And we knew it was there. It was in the back burner. We knew it was there. We knew God was doing something with it eventually, but we kind of left it. And sometimes with a vision, that happens. There's silence. You know, I think about Joseph, you know, given the dream so early on in life, but then so much of his life was, you know, where is God going with this vision? Will the vision actually become a reality you know, is God going to bring this about? I think about, you know, the, the time between the Old Testament and the New Testament we talked about in our series, Between the Trees, where there were 400 years of silence. Did God forget about the vision? Did God forget about his promise? Of course not. But sometimes there's silence. Sometimes between the vision being given, the seed being planted, and God bringing about that fruition, 
there's silence. And we shouldn't be afraid of that. It doesn't mean God is not working. Then in the fall of 2013, um, it started to come about again. And I'll let Pastor Brian take it from there. Some of you may remember that a few years ago in our community groups, we did a book and a video series by a, a pastor by the name of Mark Batterson down in Washington, D.C. And the series was called The Circle Maker. And it's a great book on prayer. And one of the things, some of the stories that he shared in that book and through the video series is that his church uh, meet, met on Capitol Hill or near Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., and he felt the Lord lead him to walk a certain distance, a circle, over and over and over again and to pray. And now as he was writing the book a decade later, their church had multiple campuses on that circle that he used to walk. And he never saw it coming, but God just did it as he told him to walk and pray. He had a number of stories in that book of God just giving him buildings. And I used to make the joke with Pastor Rick. I said, I said, how easy would it be? I mean, how great would it be if God would just give you a building? Must be nice to be Mark Batterson there in Washington, D.C. And every day someone calls him and hands him a building. And so in 2013, Pastor Rick and I were down in the city of Boston. We had actually attended a prayer gathering on the steps of the State House, praying for Pastor Saeed, um, who's still in Iran. And we had gone to that gathering, and we were walking down uh, near the, the common there, and Pastor Rick said, oh, by the way, uh, the district office called, the district office for the Assemblies of God, and said that there's a building in Belmont that they would be willing to gift to someone uh, if they would be willing to do something with it. <sighs> and... You know, I just have to be careful. I'm a pretty sarcastic person, but sometimes I think God just shoots it right back at me. <laughs> so it just felt like right at that moment, God was like, this is what I've been asking you to do for the last two years. Mm. Mm. And that was, uh, it was interesting because when I got the email, if, if you know, if you've been here for a few years in the life of the church, we were just finishing the Family Life Center and that was a road... <laughs> that we did not expect to go the way it did. It was just more difficult, harder, to bring that building into reality than we thought it was going to be. So in October of 2013, when we got this contact from the network office, I've said this before to you guys, my feeling was, <laughs> nope. <laughs> we are finishing this Family Life Center. We are resting. We are going to look what God wants to do with this, and we are just, you know, that's it. We are done with building projects right now. Uh, and so that's what I was fully expecting Pastor Brian to say while we were walking. All I wanted him to say was, yeah, you're right. You know, we don't, that's all I wanted. And he's like, I can usually count on him for that to just be like, no, this isn't, you know, this isn't God. Um, but it was a God moment in that moment. And sometimes, you know, when you get a vision from God, and not sometimes, I think this is always true. When you get a vision from God, you often need spiritual people around you who will challenge you and who will guide you when the vision is given. Because from my point of view, as, you know, just, I mean, Pastor Brian and I both carried this weight, and I was happy to get this weight of the Family Life Center off. We were doing a grand opening. We were still planning all of that. And I was just like, I just want this gone, and God, I'm sure, understands that, and God is not going to give us a huge, big project right away because we've got other things to do and other plans. And and that would be justified. We can rationalize it. We can justify it in our minds. And yet we need spiritual people in our lives. We need the community of faith in our lives with other people. For me, it was Pastor Brian, and there are other spiritual people in our lives that will say, you know what, wait, maybe this is of God. 
Maybe it's going to be hard and difficult and it doesn't look like we thought it would look, but maybe it is God. And, and I think oftentimes with a vision, you need spiritual people in your life who will come around and be able to challenge you to something difficult and something hard that doesn't seem convenient. And this was one of those things that was difficult and hard and didn't seem convenient. And yet, as we prayed about it, we came to the conclusion that, yes, maybe God was leading this way. And the way we're going to try and discern it is by, you know, we have some other spiritual people in our life. And if they will be in agreement that this is God's voice, we'll take it to them. We'll take it to the network presbyters, those guys that lead our network. They're over us. If they are in agreement with it, we'll take it to the board at Mount Hope, the deacons and the elders, and we'll ask them to pray about it, and we'll submit it to them. And if they are in agreement with it, then we'll take it to the members at Mount Hope and the community of believers. And if all three of those groups would agree that, yes, we believe this is the Lord's will and direction, then we'll take that as God's will to go ahead with it. And that's what we did. And, and we took it to the network, our elders and deacons in January of 2014. We brought it to this body, the members, in June of 2014. And there was an overwhelming support that, yes, this is God's will, and we should go ahead with it, and we should follow the Lord's direction in this. And that was exciting and scary at the same time, because then was the question, how was the work going to get done? Um, and that was the question we were left with. How is the work going to get done? Um, and that's been a great story of the last year, and I'll let Pastor Brian take that from there. One of the, the things that we noticed when we came to the, to the building on Lexington Street in Belmont is that after the final service, the sign out front had been changed. And it had been changed to the verse that you may know if you've been in church for a while. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers label in vain. And Rob Helsmortel, who's, I, th I know, I, there he is, Rob, is, who's been a part of that Belmont church for a long time, he changed the sign after that last service and put that verse on there. And it was really a, a sign of faith, is, what he, is that God, God had to build the, the house if it was going to continue, and this was going to continue to be a church, and there was going to continue to be worship happening in this location. It was going to have to be God who did it. And one of the things that Pastor Rick and I thought about is here we are, so many folks in this church gave so generously and graciously to the Family Life Center project. How do we now at the very end where we've promised we're, we're done here, do we go back and start another project? Some people may not believe this, but when we were called into ministry, we, we weren't really excited necessarily about the fact that fundraising might be a part of that. Uh, that, that wasn't a part of our call into ministry, but it's something that, that we need to do in order to do these projects. When God calls us to do something, we all have to pitch in and give. And we said to the Lord, Lord, we need you to provide the resources if this is going to happen. And God started to do it in amazing ways. In fact, we tried to do things differently than we had done in the past. And last March, one of the first things we did was we had a big banquet at a, at a hotel, which is not usually the way that we've tried to raise funds in the past for things here at Mount Hope. And it was a big risk. And we put a lot of, a lot of dollars out there to, to do that event. And I was so nervous coming into our Belmont team meeting. My wife can attest to this. I was so nervous coming to the team meeting. I said, what if we don't sell enough tables to cover our cost? What if we don't sell enough tables to, to cover everything that we've already spent? 
And so we went into that meeting, and I was kind of, I, I was kind of timidly saying, all right, these are how many tables we need to sell. And one person piped up in the meeting and said, well, I'll buy two. Who else will buy one? And I got really nervous when they said <laughs> that. But by the end of the meeting, we had sold more seats than we needed to, to, to cover all of our costs. And by the end of the event, God had provided over $47,000 towards the renovation project. And the way, the way the work gets done is, first of all, by the Lord taking care of it. You know, he provides where he guides so often. We uh, often forget that, uh, but it is. The Lord provides. And I remember that Wednesday, Pastor Brian coming out of that meeting. And I didn't get a chance to be in that meeting. Um, and I remember him coming out and me thinking, oh, I wish I was in that meeting. I missed it to be able to see that moment where God just affirms and says, look, this is my plan. I'm going to provide for it. And, and it was an amazing moment. Uh, but I did get a chance to be a part of a moment that was similar to that not too long ago. And this one, Pastor Brian missed um, last uh, couple months ago, just in July. And some of you were in that meeting. We, uh, you know, coming down to finish this project, and we needed some more money to finish the project, and we had a bank loan that we had agreed to take to finish the project, and we had tracked all along with this bank loan and, and said, yeah, this is the way. We'll just borrow a little bit of money against a, you know, a building that has no debt on it, no big, you know, not a big deal. Um, but, and, and you, many of you know the story, in the last moment, on the day I'm going to sign the, the closing documents, and you know how that is if you've bought a house, on that day you're going to sign the closing documents, you never know what's going to come up, and I get a call from our attorney on the way saying, you cannot sign those documents. And, uh, and I said, what are you talking about? I have to sign these documents. And he said, the language that they've put in there that they've just sent over, you cannot sign it. It's not, you don't even have the legal authority from the members to sign it because of some of the terms they've put in. And I said, okay, we'll go. We'll talk it through. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll do what we can. Um, and then they told us the terms. And I said, well, we'll have to take them back to our members and see if they'll, you know, agree to these terms for the loan. These are new terms. I brought it to our board, and our board prayerfully considered it and said, no, we, we won't even ask the members to agree to these terms because it's not a position that we want to put the church in in the future. It was going to impact our ministry. Just in, it was going to keep a, a, essentially a, a lean on the building for a long time in the future, and, and we just weren't willing to do that because we don't know what God wants to do in the near future. Um, and so... We, we came to, I came to that members meeting that day, those of you that were here, and I said, I don't even have anything for you to vote on. <laughs> I, we called the meeting. We thought we were going to ask you to vote on something, and I don't have anything to vote on. We need money, and we don't know where it's going to come from. And uh, those of you that were in that meeting experienced a wonderful move of the Lord and a wonderful move among God's people and that miracle that happened um, when Steve spoke up and talked about all the things God has already done at Belmont. And he and Sharon made the first commitment of funds to, to, to move the project forward. And then one by one, uh, hands went up all over this room saying, you know, we'll give 1000 we'll give 2000 we'll give 3000 5000 And by the end of that week, uh, I think we had $60,000 committed and over 30000 had already come in by the end of that week. And God is good. And it was just once again, we see the Lord saying, it's my project. It's my church. Just put your trust in me. And, uh, and the Lord uh, did that and he provided in an incredible way. 
Um, and so the ward builds the house. The ward does the work is first. But he also asks us, people, we needed people. This wasn't going to get done with two pastors with a vision. I'll tell you that. Uh, drywall wasn't going to get hung, and two-by-fours weren't going up with the two of us uh, over the project completely. So we knew that we were going to need help, and we knew that people were going to have to come alongside. Many people came alongside to give, and uh, one of the other affirmations of, the God, of God was right in the beginning when, as Pastor Brian said, we were saying, we can't ask Mount Hope people for more money. They just gave to this FLC. They just committed to missions. We, we can't ask them for more money. But we knew that this was a vision from God, and there were people that would get on board with it. So we started to get the vision out to people who used to attend Mount Hope or people had connections to Mount Hope in the past. And all of a sudden, God started providing money and tens of thousands of dollars before we even really went public with this vision started to come in to get the project moving and to get things started. And that was an amazing blessing of the Lord. But it was going to take people. It was going to take people. And Pastor Brian... Uh, is going to speak a little bit to the people that have been involved with the project and how it moved forward there. Yeah, one of, one of the only reasons we were able to get this project completed and all the code work done that needed to be done to bring the building up to where we could get a certificate of occupancy to meet uh, is, be, is all the volunteer hours that have been put in over at that property. So many people have come, and maybe you've given an hour or maybe you've given days to this project, uh, but we are so appreciative because it's the only way that it could have happened. So I'm going to miss someone because there's been so many people that have come out. So I apologize in advance if you have come and volunteered and I miss your name. But I think it's still worth us reading some names so that we can get a, a feeling, a sense of how many folks came and volunteered. So if I read your name... Um, and then we have a few names after this that we're going to recognize individually. But if I read your name, would you just be willing to stand right where you are and just so we can, we can recognize you? These are the folks that have come out and served at that place. Michelle Rogers, Carl Marshall, Gary Mulgard, Scott Mulgard, Rosa DeStefano, George and Mary Cote, Patrick Hunt, Mike and Melissa D'Agostino, Peter and Chris D'Agostino, Pierre and Rosemary Elaine, George Lavelli, Irie and Rachel Waters, Lori Krogh, Alana Stubblebine, the Newey family, the whole family, the Follier family, the Toes family, Paul and Nancy Blash, Greg Blash, Jimmy Craig. Uh, there was a group led by Pastor Brian Tracy that came from the Assemblies of God Church in Wilbraham, Massachusetts. They brought 20-some people. One spent a whole Saturday all the way from Wilbraham. Eddie and Annette Stewart, Stacy Micah, Vera Cacavaro, Sam Sulahan, Stephanie Doyle, Robin Taran Hellsmortel, Joe Habelow, Trevor and Mary Ellen Correa, Mark and Karen Robertson, Jackie Wong, Justin and Alyn Joseph, Sergio and Janet Solano, Jay Humphreys, John Humphreys, Peter Fody, Michael James Fody, James Del Rio, Sarah Berger Patton, Bill Feeney, Julie Raymond, Julianne Scalzilli, Marvin and Jen Thomas, Dave Flanagan, Carl Garino, Emil Mombardi, Peter Jun, Eric and Donna Favini, Pastor Rick and his whole family, Bill Caesar, Dave Libby, and so many more of you I know were involved. And I just want to say thank you so much for all the work that you have done. Thank you. 
some people have donated um, some things that are really their, their trade, uh, really how they make their money, and they've come and donated that towards the project. And we just wanted to say thank you uh, for the, that work. And I don't know if, if Fred Stefano is here, but Fred, if you're here, would you be willing to, to stand just very quickly? Um, he's not here this morning. That's okay. Uh, Fred was so helpful. There were multiple times where we had just piles of rock and dirt and snow this last winter, as you may know, <laughs> on the property that had to go somewhere. And, and Fred would come with his bobcats and, and trucks and just take it away. And I would say, Fred, where are you taking it? He said, don't worry about it. <laughs> so I don't know where it went, but it went somewhere. And we are very appreciative that Fred came and did that. Also, uh, Tim Griffin, who I know his family's in town, so he's not here this morning, but, but Tim is, does tile work by trade, and he's very good at it. And Tim is, is, um, has put in a number of hours very recently helping with the bathrooms and donating that skill and that ability, so we're very grateful to Tim for what he did. And I know uh, Joe Frenny is here this morning. Joe, I'm going to ask you if you'd be willing to, to join me on stage. If you would do that real quick, I know you're probably not going to like me for that, but would you be willing to join <laughs> our stage? We welcome Joe as he comes. This morning. No, I, know. I know you could have stood up, but we're going to make you come up here. Go ahead and stand right here. I just want to tell you real quick a little bit of what Joe has done. And um, when we started the project, the walls were all the old horsehair plaster and slats that some of you may, may remember. And so we ripped all that down, got a lot of that out of there, and, but a lot of it was cracking and just needed some work. And we thought, in many ways, we would just kind of try to smooth over it and paint it, and we'd try to hang some drywall some places and tape it ourselves and, and do the compound and sand it. Uh, but Joe came along, and Joe toured the building, and Joe owns a plastering company called Goodfellas. And so Joe came along, and he walked through the building, and he said to Pastor Rick and I, he's like, just let me do it. And we were like, because he knew we were going to mess it up. So he's like, just let me do it. And, I, you know, I said, no, we said kind of, you know, under, Joe, you know, we don't, really, we don't really have any money or anything. And he said, he said just, just let me do it. And Joe and his crews came in and spent weeks and weeks, every surface in the building, ceilings, walls, every new studded wall, blue boarded it and plastered it and donated all the labor. And so, Joe, we just really want to say thank you so much for that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Another, another uh, person that there's been so many of you that have volunteered. There's really been one person that has volunteered, uh, despite from one other couple that we'll get to, volunteered more hours than anybody else. And so many times, so many times I would get to the building, and if I got there at 7.30, I knew I was three hours late, because this guy had been there since about 4.30. And this guy did all the dirty work. All the work that uh, people like, to, we like to do the work that people will see and that, that looks pretty when it's finished. This guy did all the dirty work, filling the dumpster, cleaning up after the subcontractors so they could just go in and do their work. And 
it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours over the last year. And so I want to say thank you to Jim Gallo and Jim, everything you've done. Jim, would you come up? Would you come up briefly? Now the hardest one. That one wasn't even the hardest one. Uh, June 1st last year, we were at a graduation party, and we knew that we probably couldn't hire a, a general contractor and afford this project. And so we said, who is it that has the skill and the ability to manage this entire thing from start to finish. And the only name that came to our mind, uh, the names were Steve and Sharon Viola. And uh, Steve was a state trooper for many years, but is retired and has all the knowledge and skill and ability to, to run this whole thing from the start to the finish. And so we were at a graduation party um, last June, on June 1st. And we sat down with Steve and Sharon at the graduation party. We just all happened to be there. And we said, here's the deal. We've got this building. We're not going to move forward with it unless we can find someone who would be willing to spearhead the project and make it happen. And so the next day, on June 2nd, we went to that building and kind of looked around. And, and Stephen Sharon said, we'll do it. We'll do it. Now, a year and some months later, if they had really knew what that meant, they may have said something different. 1896. 1896 it was built. So Steve and Sharon uh, said they would do it. And I don't, I don't even know how many hours have been put in. Steve has spent and Sharon have spent some weeks easily 80, 90, 100 hours in that building and have done everything. Every subcontractor we hired was because they went and called 15 people and fought for the best price. Every piece of that building, everything that's gotten done is because they've led it and they've spearheaded the effort. And the results uh, look fantastic. And some of you may know that uh, Steve is my wife's uncle, Steve and Sharon are my wife's aunt and uncle. So it meant a lot from, from, a, from a family perspective. Some of you may know too that, that Steve has fought cancer twice in his life and currently is fighting kidney failure. So we need, to, we need to pray for that as well. But through all that, gave all that time, all that is a huge excuse not to do it. Gave all that time and all that energy to do it. So we want to say thank you to Steve and Sharon and ask you guys if you would come to the front of the stage.
I know last June we were at that graduation party and we asked you if you would do it. Steve, one of the things he said to me is he said, I'll only do it if everyone gives me a standing ovation. So I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate you helping me keep that into the bargain. The board of the church, Steve and Sharon, really wanted to do something to honor you. And so we have a gift for you and I'll, and I'll tell you a little bit about what's, what's in there. We think that you deserve some rest after this year. Uh, so we got you a gift to, to go get a meal, not at a super fancy place. I know Steve's, a, Steve's, a, Steve's a, not a super fancy place. Steve loves the so Chateau in Burlington here. I know that's a good one. That's a winner. So you guys go to Chateau. We also have Massage Envy in there, Sharon, so you can rest and relax. You can use that too. I don't know. I don't know. Steve, I figured, I figured it's more that. Sharon. And then a couple of things in there. I don't know how many of Steve's personal tools we've broken and lost, but it's a lot. <laughs> We have lost and broken a lot of Steve's personal tools <laughs> over the last year. So there's a gift card in there to Lowe's for you to be able to replace some of those. And I know you, you're not allowed to use it on the project. So don't use any of that <laughs> gift card towards the project. Replace your tools, please. And Steve and Sharon have a, have a summer place up in New Hampshire that they love. And I know if you weren't working on Belmont, you would be up in New Hampshire working on that cottage up there. So there's a gift card in there to Jordan so you can f get some things for the cottage that you love up in New Hampshire and enjoy that. So thank you so much for what you've done and are continuing to do. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. One last thing I'll mention is just in honor of everyone that's, that's put into this project, we'll have a, we're going to have a plaque hung in the entryway of the, of the church, and it will say, Exodus 31.6 will be at the top, which is a verse, this is God speaking to the people as they were getting ready um, to build um, the tabernacle. And he said, I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything that I have commanded. And that verse will will stand above the on the top of the plaque, and then it'll just say, by the grace of God, this building reopened on September 13th, 2015, as a place where the gospel will continue to be preached. This plaque is in gratitude for all those who gave generously and served selflessly, led by Steve and Sharon Viola. It was. We are very grateful, obviously, to Steve and Sharon and all those that, uh, that made this possible. And just walking through that building yesterday and uh, thinking about what it looked like a year ago, uh, knowing that it all happened through, um, through people being a part of that, chipping in and giving of the gifts that they've given. Uh, it's wonderful. It's been a blessing. And Steve's been great to work with. Actually, what he said, what I remember him saying last June when we approached him about this, uh, I think what he actually said is, if you'll let me do it my way, and leave me alone, I'll do it. And, and I hope we've kept our end of the bargain as much as we can, Steve. Um, uh, tried to stay out of your work and your hair, and it's gotten done, and it's been amazing, um, and it's been such a blessing to see that come about. And, you know, even yesterday, Steve's great. Even yesterday, we're over there working, well, 
you know, we're trying to work, you know, and we're trying not to get mess things up too much so Steve doesn't have to fix them after we leave. You know, and I'm, I'm doing carpet there, and I'm, putting, I'm like feeling so good. I like cut this one piece, like around this part of the door, and I'm like, oh, man, that's really good, you know. It took me, for, it took me an hour, but I cut this one piece around the door. I'm like, that's good. You know, Steve's down there, and this whole room just got done, right? He looks at that one piece and says, that should have been a you. I'm like, ah, it should have been a you. I'm like, you're right. Um, but uh, so to have someone with that skill, that eye, that ability, just watching over the whole project has been such a blessing, and it's been good. Uh, and so we're so grateful for all of that. Um, in addition to the people to get the project done, how what got us here is going to get us there, right? Uh, so we also needed people, we, when we looked at Belmont and we said, you know, what is going to be needed to plant a healthy congregation campus here? We said it's going to take people. Um, and there's going to need to be a critical mass of people that is going to go and commit to being a part of that uh, campus right away and will be a part of bringing life there. You know how it is. You walked into a church for the first time at some point. As soon as you did, you made judgments and thoughts based on what you walked in and saw, who you saw, what was going on. And many times when you walk in, if there's not life going on in that building, if you don't feel life, if you don't feel energy, if you don't feel a group of people that's happy and joyous and full, a full, you know, if you feel like it's mostly empty, it's hard. It's just hard to, to get momentum going in that time. And so we thought if we're going to get some momentum, we've got to be able to send a group of people that will go and be a part of this. And so in November of 2014, we put it out, and we had a Sunday, and we asked you, and we said, would you go? Who will go? And we didn't put any restrictions on that. We said, no matter who you are, where you serve in the church, if you feel called to go to Belmont and be a part of this campus, um, then you need to go and be a part of what the Lord's doing there. And on that Sunday in November, we had over 50 people uh, sign up and say, I feel the Lord calling me, and I need to go. And Pastor Brian's been working with that group for the last... Um, nine, ten months. And, and so we want to recognize that group and really have a commissioning and a time to pray for them. But I'll let Pastor Brian just share for a minute a little bit about that group he's been working with. Yeah, if you're on that Belmont missions team group, we're going to ask you if you would be willing to stand and just come up front in front of the communion table here. If you're on the Belmont team and you're headed with us, you've been a part of that missions team, you've been coming to the meetings, I know not everyone is here this morning. Some people believe in Labor Day so much that they're away for the weekend. Uh, but, but if you'd be willing to come forward, if you're a part of that team, um, and just face, face all these lovely people. We left some space in the middle. We took out the front row Yeah, go row ahead, today. right here. So plenty of room. Right here. We took out the front row today. There's plenty of room for everyone up here. Very nice people. So this is a part of the team, so a lot of the team, uh, that's been meeting over the last year and, and been willing to go. And, and before, I, before I say something, I, I realized I, I skipped one name when we were thanking people working on the building. And so I want to say that quickly, because this is another person that's put in a ton of hours. And so um, Jim Piccarello, I want to say thank you to you. You've put in a ton of hours over in that building. And I'm sorry I, I didn't say it before, but thank you so much for all the work that you've done. Thank you. And I want to say thank you so much to this team uh, who's been meeting over the last year since and maybe you remember last global outreach celebration in October. We filled out cards saying I would be willing to go or I'd be willing to serve. And, and this team has faithfully come together over the last year to be willing to go. 
the building, even though it seemed like such a challenge over the last year, the building is the easier work. The harder work is preaching the gospel and making disciples of all nations. That's Amen. really the difficult work. Amen. Making God's name great in this community and in and around this city, that's the difficult work. And this is the group that's dedicated themselves to go. One of the things that is a reality because of this group, this is a great group of people. They have a number of roles here in Burlington. Melissa has been heavily involved in kids ministry and a number of other folks. Gabby has been on the worship team and many people that are up here, Stacy does the cafe, many people that are up here have different roles here in Burlington on a Sunday morning. So now these holes are empty in the schedule. There's roles that need to be filled. And one of the things that we need to think about is if we're going to have a healthy group of people worshiping in Burlington and a healthy group of people worshiping in Belmont, is who is willing to stand, step into the gap in those roles? Who's willing to step in and teach the children? Who's willing to step in and serve on a Sunday morning? Who's willing to step into those places so that rather than having one place where God's name is made great, we have two healthy places where God's name is worshiped. And so I'd ask you to consider yourself if you're a part of this Mount Hope family, if this is your church home, would you be willing to consider if God might be creating this space for you to step in and to serve? Amen. Absolutely. And not only, as Pastor Brian mentions, the formal roles, I look at this group of people and I see not only the formal roles, I see the informal roles. Because the body of Christ, there are all kinds of different gifts, right? And so in this group, there are people who are great hospitality people. I see people who run to the new person that comes in and welcome them and make them feel welcome. There are people with gifts of administration. There are people who just love to serve. And those are the informal things that don't always get noticed, but the body of Christ has to come together and fill those roles as well in Belmont and in Burlington. This is a great, I'm excited to see this group of people. I am excited to see what's going to happen in Belmont and uh, we, there's energy already going on. We've had people in the town already saying they're following the story in the paper. We've, even yesterday, we had people come by the building. And uh, I can't wait to see what happens next Sunday and in the Sundays going forward. And I am no more, uh, there's no other group of people uh, that uh, I'd be more excited about seeing start that campus than this group under the campus pastor, Pastor Brian and Lori. And so we want to pray for them. What, I, what, I, what we want to do today, uh, two prayers. Uh, Stacy Micah is going with the Belmont team. God has called her to go. And I've asked her if she would pray for the Burlington campus. Because don't, you, you sitting in the seats. Don't think the work's over here. We're just sticking. <laughs> we got work to do in Burlington and your town and the surrounding towns. So I asked Stacy, and she's going to pray for the Burlington campus and over this part of Mount Hope's ministry. And then Edgar Bartlett. Uh, Edgar, if you would uh, come up, he is going to pray over this missions team and over the Belmont team as they go out and we commission them to go out as well. So I'll ask Stacy to pray first for Burlington and then uh, we're going to ask Edgar to lead us in prayer as I know he's been faithfully praying these many months for this work and for this campus. And, uh, and so would you join us uh, as Stacy and Edgar lead us in prayer? Thank you. I'd like to start with 1 Chronicles 4, 9 to 10. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, 
Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you this morning to ask for a blessing on Mount Hope. Thank you for enlarging our territory. We pray that you will continue to enlarge it and that this is just the first of many campuses that will be planted by the Burlington Church. Lord, we pray that you would enlarge our territory within the hearts and minds of those living in the greater Burlington area, that we might reach more people for Christ, that we might fulfill our vision of loving Christ and transforming lives. Father God, as people enter this sanctuary, we pray that they would find it to be a judgment-free zone, one filled with love and grace, a place that shows the love of Jesus and draws them to you. Father God, as the Belmont Missions team leaves Burlington, we pray that any openings left in ministries here would be filled. Our ministries draw people to you, and every role is important. So we ask the Holy Spirit to move in people's hearts to give of their time. Lord God, we also ask you to bless Pastor Rick, Wendy, and their family, our other pastors, deacons, elders, and leaders of the church and school. We pray that they would always listen to and be led by the Holy Spirit that your anointing on them would be great, that you would give our pastors the courage to speak the truth boldly in these difficult times. Father, we pray that you would surround them and their families with a hedge of protection as they work to advance your kingdom. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Praise God. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praise unto his name almost high to show forth his loving kindness in the morning and his faithfulness every night. Father, we thank you today for this wonderful privilege that you has given us. Thank you because you're a God and beside you there is no other God. We thank you, Lord, because you was in the beginning and you said in the beginning was God. And Father, we want to thank you for who you are. We want to thank you for the blessing you have bestowed upon us. Father, we want to give you the glory and the praise and honor. We lift your name on high today and we give you the glory. We glorify you today for the birth that you has brought into among hope, God. We give you the glory and the praise. Only you could do it. Father, we want to give you the thanks and praise for all the volunteers, Lord, all of those, Father God, that give labor for free, God, those that cut the labor down. Father, we want to thank you for the carpenters and the plumbers and the electrician, God, and we want to thank you for the air-conditioned people, the people that did the cleaning up. Father, we lift them up to you today. I ask you that you will give them the praise and the glory. Bless them, Lord. Lord, Father, multiply them and prosper them, God, in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, Father, for each and every one, Lord. We bring Steve Viola to you in a special way, God. We ask you to continue to strengthen Steve, God. We want to thank you, God, because, Lord, you are merciful and gracious, God. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Father, we want to pray, Lord, for the Belmont Camp 
us, the people that are going there. Father, go with them, Lord. Father, prepare them, God. Father, remove fear and doubts from us, God, and help us to put you first. God, you said to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of the things will be added. Father, we pray you will add souls, Lord, stir Belmont in a special way. God, help us as never before to see souls coming, Lord, from the north, the east, south, and west, God, and bringing them into the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we give you praise. We pray for Pastor Brian. As you, God, in the name of Jesus, you will, Lord, give him a double portion of your blessing, God, day by day. Give him the wisdom and understanding, God. Help him to wait on you. I pray for Lori and the children. Father, guide them and lead them on, Lord. Bless us. Bless us, Lord, as never before. We pray for prosperity. We pray, God, you will, Lord, favor us. Favor us with those permits that are coming, that are supposed to be coming through this week, God. Father, we pray you'll speak to the officials, God, that are going to be signing those papers and bring them, God, favor us in all that we do or say. Father, we want to give you the praise and the glory and the honor through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Father, we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory Amen. to God. Amen. Bless Amen. you. Amen. One, uh, as we uh, close out this prayer time, and we're going to move into communion in a moment, I do want to take this time. Wendy and I want to pray for Pastor Brian and Lori as they take on this new responsibility. They, uh, they're not leaving Mount Hope, and we are grateful for that. Um, and that is uh, something the Lord has worked and graced us with. But it is a new season of ministry. It's a new responsibility for this campus over in Belmont that God has given you. And so we just want to pray God's blessing, anointing, and equipping for this new role uh, that, uh, that he's given you. You will see them here once in a while. So we've already got a preaching schedule, you know, laid out that I think has Pastor Brian back here in Burlington twice between now and the end of the year, and I'll be over in Belmont a couple times. So, uh, you know, we're going to share ministry. Our goal is to bring unity even amidst the diversity, um, but their main responsibility will be over there in Belmont. So we want to pray for them. So I'm going to ask Wendy to pray for Lori, and I'll pray for Pastor Brian as they go. Lord, it is good to remember your blessings. It is good to call upon your name. And yes. see how you have answered every single one of our prayers, Father yes. God. Lord, it also says that he who began a good work in you will be faithful yes. to complete it. And I have seen your faithfulness just reverberated and pronounced all through the service this morning, God. And that same faithfulness, that same God who answers prayers, God, you will lead Lori in her way, Father God. You will give her the strength that it takes, God, to be the wife of a pastor or of a church that's starting out. Father God, you will give her that clarity and that vision and that hope, God.
I pray for such strength and such faith and such power in her life, God, that she can walk in confidence knowing that her steps are ordered of you, Father. I am so excited to see this new role, God. I pray that your grace and your mercy, God, will flow from every inch and every cell of her body, Father God. That you would bless her beyond her wildest imaginations, God. And it's in your hands that we put her. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that you call us and equip us, Lord. And as we just rehearsed this morning... A vision born many years ago, starting in a seed of a vision, and yet this morning seeing it come about, and just on the cusp of taking a huge step next week of starting this campus. Father, we know that where you lead and where you guide, you provide. And so we ask this morning that you will provide Pastor Brian and Lori with everything they need to lead this new campus for you and for your glory. Lord, there are needs and there are uh, things in Belmont that we don't know yet, Lord, that you are going to use them to meet them, their needs, that you are going to use them, even as we sang about this morning, to break chains that have been there in people's lives. Lord, ultimately our prayer is that eternity will be changed because of the decision and the step that we are taking and that Mount Hope and Pastor Brian and Lori are taking, that eternity will be changed because more families that have not heard the gospel will respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ because men, women, children will come and hear about the hope that there is in Jesus Christ. And so we pray for Pastor Brian and Lori. We ask for your anointing upon them. We ask for your Holy Spirit to fill them every day for the work that you've called them to. We ask that you would give them relationships in the town that will open up doors to stand for you and to share your message of hope and your gospel with this community. We pray that you would help them as they endeavor to make disciples in Belmont, Waltham, Watertown, and those towns surrounding it, Lord, that you will give them a passion and a courage and a love for the people in that town that will overwhelm them and will strengthen them in the work that you've called them to. Father, I thank you that you have called us to labor together with one another. And Lord, as we do that, Lord, we just ask that you would continue to unite us and use the many gifts that you have given to us. As Pastor Brian preaches every Sunday in that pulpit, in that church, we ask that the word of God would go forth that you would strengthen him, that you would give him insight that would not be his words, but it would be your words that would move through that, through that place and that would cause people's lives to be touched and changed for you. Lord, that is ultimately what we're doing this for, for your sake, for your glory, and for your honor. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to... We are going to close out our service by receiving communion and taking communion together. So I'll invite the Belmont team to be able to make their ways back to their seats. This felt, it's not only the first Sunday of the month where we usually celebrate communion together. It just felt like the right way to close this service and to begin this new chapter in the life of our church. And so we're going to gather around the communion table together. And I'm going to ask those who are going to help to serve today if you come forward. And we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. This whole, this whole kind of message, story, testimony has been built around this idea 
of unity in diversity, a diversity of gifts, a diversity of calling, but unity around Christ, unity around the mission. That's what that scripture was, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that we read a few minutes ago. Paul says there's a diversity of gifts within the body, but there's unity. There's unity in Christ and unity in mission. And so we gather around this communion table together to remember that, that the hope that we have and we preach about here at Mount Hope will be the same hope that we preach about in Belmont. In fact, these hope letters are here because... The next preaching series, what we're going to start out Belmont in and what we're going to preach here in Burlington will be on hope. We're going to talk about what hope is. But you can see that other picture, the top left one, that's the stage at Belmont. They're not the same letters. Those are their own letters. And the same hope that is preached here, and you can flip to the next picture, shows it a little bit better, I think. The same hope that is preached here every Sunday morning will be the same hope that is preached on that platform from that pulpit on Sunday morning. And it's unity even in the midst of diversity. It's that message that was preached at the beginning of this church series, two are better than one when the two are working together as one. So we'll celebrate communion together. As we worship, you'll receive a cup of juice and a piece of bread. If you're new with us, thank you for being here. If you're a guest, thank you for being here. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, whether a regular attendee or your first time here, we invite you to partake with us as a part of the family of God. Just, we ask you to hold the piece of bread, the cup of juice. Once everyone's been served, we'll partake together. Let's worship the Lord. Jesus, I descend.